Hello, friends, and welcome to the U-Turn Podcast. This is your host, Ashley Stahl. I'm a career expert, a speaker, a best-selling author of the book, U-Turn. Get unstuck, discover your direction, design your dream career. And I created the U-Turn book and the podcast as a place to help you connect to who you truly are at your core. And that's why every single week, I want to bring a guest on with the intention of helping you expand what's possible for you, both in your confidence, whether it's in work or love, and just in life in general. So let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, U-Turn friends? It's Ashley Stahl here, your host, and I'm really excited to have Patricia Cartlin on the show today. Her and her husband, David, they've been leading experts in credit card processing digital payments industry for over two decades, and they've helped some of the very first e-commerce brands online, including Star Wars, Sony Music, Time Magazine, and even the first dating websites uh, with their branding, and they're a total power couple. Um, and I wanted to talk to Patricia today um, just to inspire some young entrepreneurs and share their knowledge of this $400 billion industry, uh, especially taking a look at how do you get started and how do you stand out on social media? We hear it like it's a soundbite, like social media and people think they need to post, post, post. And it's so overwhelming the amount of places that you can go. So today, Patricia and I are going to talk about if you are starting a business or you've started a business, what are some tactical, strategic steps you can take to really build your brand on social media? And when I say build your brand, I don't just mean like you look great and there's you're a part of the illusion, but you're actually getting out there, connecting with potential clients, customers, and making an impact. So Patricia, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm a, I'm a big fan of yours. So I'm so excited to speak with your audience. Yeah, you too. And I, I just really, I don't know, there's something about the payments industry that feels so masculine. So it's really fun to see a, a woman in this business. I've met so many men in the payment space. Um, what brought you in? Was it through your relationship that you were pulled to, towards it? Did you come up with this? Like, how did you both get your start? Sure. So it, it, it's actually, it's funny that you say that because um, there's a, a very, still to this day, a very small network of women in payments, as surprising as that is. Um, I actually started in payments when I was 18 years old. So um, it was a 19, I think 1998 or 1999 that I got my start in the industry. Um, I ended up working for the first company to do the first online transaction ever. Um, literally the first transaction online, that was the company I started with. And at that time, no one even knew the internet, right? It's before Amazon was taking transactions, before eBay you know, really existed, before Google was Google. And so I started in that business. And, and I always say this delicately because people are like, wait, what? She was an adult. I was not an adult. But the first websites to ever process online were adult websites. Those were the first people to take transactions. So I really dove headfirst into the crazy world of not only the internet, but payments and then who was processing online. And then from there, um, that company grew very fast. They were doing $500 million within the first year of business and then 800 million. And they wanted to go public and they said, we can't do it with an adult portfolio. So I was tasked along with a small group to go out and basically reach out to any person and or company who had a website, which it wasn't, it wasn't a lot back then. Um, so my first cold email was to starwars.com. They had, you know, regular Star Wars website. And I said, hi, would you be interested in accepting payments online and 
Um, I got a reply. They flew me out to Marin County to the headquarters of Star Wars. And I ended up as scared to, I mean, I could tell you, I was as scared as any human being could ever be. Um, but built their whole entire platform out to accept transactions. I was like, this is pretty great. They launched. And then from there, I went to Sony Music, Time Magazine, NASCAR, Major League Baseball. And before I was in my early 20s, I said, this is, I'm going to be in this internet e-commerce payments game and, and basically became a consultant for banks across the world. Um, and then Dave and I, when we met 10 years ago, 11 years ago, um, he had owned a bunch of retail locations and he used to always wonder what I was doing online. You know, he's like, what are you doing? Like you make great money. You're always on your phone. You're, you don't seem like you're working, but you're talking to people at one o'clock in the morning. And, and I was like, I'm like, well, and I, I explained it to him again. And he said, he's like, so wait, you're the person like in my stores, when they come in and accept payments, you're the person who facilitates it. I'm like, yeah, I make money off of your risk. And he's like, all right, I'm good. He sold his businesses and got into payments with me. Wow, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I actually know a woman in New York, a good friend of mine. She is um, international and she is this proud LGBTQ champion. And she started a payments company for DJs. And oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so you're really the second woman I've met in this space. And I've been out there for such a while. So I'm right. just really inspired by both of you. Would you say that the know how, like, let's say somebody's listening right now and they want to be in the payment space. The first thing I think is women in tech. Like, right. and when I think tech, I think like, whoa, like algorithms and digital software and ah, like that's not where my, I'm a creative, I'm a writer. So right. what kind of skills do you think it's taken you to do well as a woman in this business um, for anyone listening? And then I want to ask you a lot about social media and expanding. Sure. Yeah, so, so funny enough, we actually built a training platform because everyone, no one really, and for you meeting like the second woman in tech, even outside of payments, most businesses, and I was very surprised about this. Most people don't realize that there's always somebody in between that makes a percentage of the transaction. Nobody realized that that's actually a job and that that's actually a business model. Mm -hmm. So every single time that there's a store or e-commerce store, there's somebody in between like me that set up that account and makes a small percentage on every single transaction. Mm -hmm. So Dave and I, over the years, there's like, the industry's changing. There's a lot of bad, if you've met people in the payments industry, there's also a lot of like kind of sleazy, you know, it's kind of this, it has really like kind of a used car salesman type of stigma to it because- or your mattress is free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it is really like, there is a, there is a stigma to that. So- um, we said, why don't we build out a training platform that actually teaches people how they could become an agent and learn this business? It's not that complicated. You really need very, very basic skills to know how to do it. You go into a business, and this is part of what we teach in the platform. Be ethical. Be, you know, you have to be transparent. You don't have to be shady. But if you go in and you have any type of connection with a business owner, the skills, the basically barrier of entry is almost nothing. Anybody can do it. And it's proven because we have thousands of people that are doing it today. Mm. Um, I'd love to make it more glamorous and tell you, you need, you know, you have to know like what you just said, the algorithms and the tech and all this stuff on the payment side. It's, it's, it kind of, I don't want to take away from what I built, but it really is a very, very simple business model. And it's really simple to get into the industry too. I think the key to success though is the longevity. You know, I've been now, what, 22 years in this business. 
And I've always done it off of my name. And I think that that comes with, again, what I've built as a person and Mm -hmm. leading with reputation, leading with all these things, like being able to be transparent with people and having the integrity and not basically not screw people over is is like with any business, you know, and just being real. Yeah, totally. I mean, I always think like, I need to go to bed with myself at night. And if I don't like me, like, what do I have left? (laughs) It's true. It's true. I don't care who you surround yourself with. If you can't sleep next to yourself at night, I don't, I don't really see the point of doing anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So before I get into social media, cause I have so many questions, um, I'm curious about like masculine and feminine energy. Like one of the things that I've struggled with, um, so in my, okay, when I was a kid, my dad lost all of our money. We, he did really well. He nearly claimed bankruptcy. Um, I was in a position where I grew up really scared that we wouldn't have a roof over our head. And in my twenties, that translated as working my ass off and it was completely out of fear. And, and I get it. It works, you know, like working out of fear totally works. It's just not that fun. Yep. Right, um, right. <laughs> It wasn't until I moved into more inspiration in my thirties. Um, and now I don't push myself. I'm not in fear. I'm a lot more grounded. Um, but it took a lot, a lot of pain for me to move from pushing, 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 forcing, forcing, forcing to allowing. And you have a partner. It sounds like for 10 years you got, you've been together. Yeah. 10 years. Oh my gosh. I'm better at math today than I thought. Okay. So (laughs) 10 years together. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, how do you navigate a being partners in business and b like keeping yourself soft because the business world can harden you. Like even I live in New York city and this woman was like screaming at me in the street over my dog yesterday. Like you just, it takes I have so dogs, much so that, yeah. yeah, to stay soft. How it do you is. stay soft? Um, so that's a great question. And even I, and I love that you said it because so I, I grew up very similar to you, except different, where my father was, he's, he, he passed away. He was a great man in terms of being like the fun person where, you know, you want to skip school, you want to go to the beach, he's the perfect. My mother, on the other hand, was orphaned. Basically, her mother had died. She got orphaned and, and shipped off to boarding school in Africa when she was 10. She had to work her way up. Like she, she came to New York at 18 years old. She went to New York at 18 years old with no, no money, nothing in her pocket, And worked her way up through, you know, corporate America. She stayed in the corporate world. And my mother always has told me that there's a beauty in leading with your, you know, you walk in and we are, we're women, right? We 1000% when you walk into a meeting and I don't care if everyone hates me for saying it, I know it for a fact because I've been in these meetings. When you walk in as a woman, you already have one advantage And, and it's not a disadvantage at this point you do have femininity. You do have where all of a sudden, and it is a, it's a, it's a male dominated world, wherever we are, you walk into meetings, it's going to be predominantly men, unless you're with an organization that's focused on women. Mm-hmm. And when you walk in and you have, you know, if you're, I don't even care if you're attractive or not, you walk in, you have that energy. Then my mom always said, you have to then follow it up with your brains and your knowledge, but you have to do it in a way where you don't have to be aggressive you don't have to be like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm a power woman. I'm this powerhouse. And that's a, it's a very hard dynamic to manage, you know, because all of a sudden you're, you know, you're in a world and you're in like for me, FinTech, right. Where you're walking and you have to really be able to back it up. But at the same time, you don't want to lose that softness, right? You want to be able to still be, have the feminine energy and you don't want to be like, you're one of the guys. And, and something, I was just having this conversation with one of my friends, actually a woman in tech. Um, 
And I said, you know, and her question to me was, what should I do when all the guys go out to the strip clubs at the conventions? Uh, right? Yeah. Do I, do I go with them? You know? And I said, I go, I'm going to tell you this right now. And she's young. She's in her, she's in her mid twenties. And she's like, you know, I feel like if I don't go, then they're going to get the deal. She's in, she's in sales. And she's like, I feel like the other guys, like my colleagues who are going out with them and partying and going to these clubs and stuff that they're going to get the deals and I'm not going to get the deal. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I don't know what to do. And I said, you know what? I dealt with that exact same thing in my life where, you know, especially in the environment I was in, I'm an internet, right? So if you think about all these trade shows, it's very like party, party, party. And I had to realize that if I come in and I can be smart, I can show them my value, the bit, the people I'm going to work with, I'm handling your payments, right? For me, at least I'm handling your merchant accounts. You don't want me doing drugs with you. You don't want me staying up till four o'clock in the morning at strip clubs with you. And it took a lot for me to be confident enough to say, you know what, guys, you go out. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Let's have a meeting. We'll grab some lunch. Um, and I gained a lot of respect for that. And people have come back even after all these years and said, oh, Patricia, we used to work together, you know, back when I had my, uh, let's, you know, whatever it was, whether it was dating or neutral, whatever it was. And they're like, yeah, I just love the fact that you always held it together. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think that carries a lot of weight that yeah. they partied with those people. But at the end of the day, they valued, they valued the fact that I could be a woman and I didn't have to, I didn't have to act a certain way. I didn't have to, you know, insinuate that I'm going to maybe possibly sleep with them or anything like that. And I just, I just led as a package. Um, and then when it comes to Dave and I, I think that was, I think that was a lot harder for me because, you know, you're married to somebody who's coming into a business that you're in, right? A business of, wait, I, I know this, like, what are you doing stepping in here? And, and it took a lot for us and we work really well together to say, this is your lane. This is my lane. And I could still be a wife and he could still be a husband and still maintain that dynamic without having to be like this, you know, rah, rah, you know, tough woman, you know, it's, it's, it's a balance. So I'm not going to lie and say it's, it's a struggle. Yeah. Well, I love what you're sharing because what you're really, what I'm really hearing you say is is your world with professionalism. And when I had, I think the most I've ever had is 10 employees. There was one and shout out to you, Mary Beth, um, years ago where, I would come on the meetings and I'm me, it's my business. And I like, I, I work too hard on that thing to be anyone else. So if I'm wearing a weird outfit with a weird hair day, I give myself total permission slip. And obviously people on my team, I respected the fact that they showed up to the meeting looking nice. And I kind of look like a troll on, right. on our <laughs> meetings, but I, I always noted it. And if I was uh, whining about a client that, you know, like we had, I had two companies. One was a service-based business, a ghostwriting publicity house. If we had a client that I wanted to fire, um, I was professional, but I was really close to my team. So I'd whine and say, I don't like this and I don't like that. And I think that we have to let them go. And I love that she never indulged in talking shit. She never did. She would just be like, yeah, it seems like it's, it's disruptive for the workflow. She was very results driven and I never forgot it. And it really showed up in her bank account with us. So I just can't remind anyone enough, no matter how comfortable you are, if it's not your business, um, especially, and even if it is, you want to be respected, you know, it's such a fine line, um, stay professional. And there's a couple things you touched on there, which were, I was making me think a bit about faux pas, like, um, 
I worked in counterterrorism. So one of the biggest faux pas in my 20s that I noticed is two, twofold. One is trying to prove that you're smart. The amount of space that people need to hold for you to spin your wheels and do like a like a monkey show for us to know that you're smart, it actually makes you look quite ridiculous and people can pick up on it pretty easily. So I would say notice when you're trying to prove that you're smart and and work on your worthiness so that you don't have to spin those wheels. And yes, it's very real that you don't always get credit for your work. You do need to kind of put yourself forward and let people know this was my idea. This was my project. And here's what I think about it. But pick those far, few and far between. Because if you're always spinning your wheels and trying to prove yourself, you're exhausting people. And it's not that fun to be around. And the second thing I learned working in counterterrorism with this uh, topic is um, don't be afraid to say you don't know something. Because... Yeah. Nothing is worse than somebody who gives some sort of bullshit answer and people can smell it. It's smelly. And so <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. Is there any other faux pas that you're noticing as a woman in business um, where you're like, okay, that person has lost credibility um, as an entrepreneur or as a corporate where like, I don't want to work with them now. And it, maybe it wasn't that obvious and shocking, but it's like little minute things that matter. Do you have any moments where you feel irritable or anxious? Or maybe you've been struggling with insomnia or the quality of your sleep. Or maybe you find yourself experiencing muscle cramps and twitches. Magnesium deficiency shows up in so many different ways and these are just a few of the symptoms. Studies show that four out of five Americans are deficient in magnesium. And almost everyone is at sub optimal levels. That's why I can't recommend Magnesium Breakthrough enough. It's the only full spectrum magnesium supplement with seven unique forms of magnesium that your body can actually use and absorb. And when you get all seven critical forms of magnesium, pretty much every function in your body gets upgraded from your brain to your sleep, pain, inflammation, less stress. Who doesn't need that with the holiday season here? Right now, the creators of Magnesium Breakthrough by Optimizers is having an incredible Black Friday special offer from November 21st to 29th. You can get not only Magnesium Breakthrough, but all of Bioptimizer's best in class products for 25% off. Bioptimizers only offers this discount once a year, so don't miss out. Just go to bioptimizers.com slash U-turn. That's B i o p t i m i z e r s dot com slash y o u t u r n and enter the code u turn to get twenty five percent off any order. This is the best time to stock up on the products you love, try new ones, and grab some valuable gifts for friends and family. All by Optimizer supplements are truly the best in class. And if for some reason you feel differently, you can get a full refund, no questions asked. They are so confident that they offer a 365 day money back guarantee. And hey, if you arrive here late and did miss this special offer, don't worry. There's always 10% off for our listeners with the code U-TURN. That's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. But if you arrive just in time, again, the link to go get the exclusive Black Friday offer starting November 21st, 2022 is bioptimizers.com slash U-TURN with the code U-TURN. Do it while supplies last and don't miss the November 29th deadline. Yeah, I, I think you actually, you touched on two of the biggest ones that, and I'm so glad you brought that up. It's I always call it like when I'm I'm talking to young entrepreneurs, I say, I know it's really, really hard because I did it. And I got myself into some really hairy positions that I should have never been in. Um, 
for jockeying for position, right? You're trying and, and proving your intelligence where how many times have, have people in your audience, you know, done something incredible or, or did a project or completed it. And they're trying to show the CEO, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. And it kind of falls on deaf ears and, and being super selective on it. Cause it's, a, it is exhausting. I think on both ends, because I look back on the things that I did now where, you know, I was going, when I did work for someone else and I was going into their, Hey, so, and so, um, I just wrote this whole entire thing. And I think we could do this. That wasn't my position. That wasn't my role. And I kept on trying to prove how smart I was over and over again. And it, it fell on deaf ears. And now looking back on it, it fell on deaf ears because I wasn't, that wasn't my role to do so, you know? And, um, and so I love that. I think that is, I think that's a really, really great piece of advice is choose who you're jockeying for position. Like it's okay to show you're smart, but don't exhaust yourself doing it, trying to get ahead because you're going to get ahead when someone values who you are. That's the only time you're going to get ahead. I don't care. You can do whatever you want with the bosses. You can do anything. I have watched it a thousand times over sleeping with the boss, doing all those things. I've seen it before my eyes. It is a mess. It does not work. And you're not going to get ahead. That's it. You're not going to get ahead. Yeah. Um, And then I think another thing is, and I talk specifically, you know, and and I know there's men in your audience too. And I say this because I see them equal. I grew up with three brothers, have been around all guy cousins, and I grew up around all men my whole life. So I think I have a, I think I have a right to say it is that, you know, there's a difference between being tinfoil, which is shiny and exciting and, you know, fun to look at from being a solid piece of 24 karat gold, a block, right? And it's very easy to try to be the one that gets attention by, you know, being flirty or being this. And you have to really be careful about that when you are a woman in business, because it can get misconstrued for a lot of different things. You will not get a, you may not get a raise. You may not get the promotion. I mean, you're looked at, you are literally making yourself look different from somebody else who is just purely driven looking down. And that person isn't worried about being shiny and exciting. They're worried about getting to that next place and they're going to prove it and they're going to get there. So I, I just think like everything you said is, is so true for anybody in business, but most importantly is the two ones you said. Yeah. I think trying to prove yourself is like a full-time job. And it's like that when you build that relationship with yourself where you constantly need validation and to be seen, it's like you, you, you're not making as much of an impact. Like you're making an impact when you're not in the business of you, you're in the business of everybody else. You're in the business of results. So I love what you're sharing too. And I, okay. So social media, I feel like even though I'm in this business and I've built followings, I get anxiety when I even say social media myself. Um, and I'm a very fair weather poster. Right. I'm in a meditation certification right now, and we're supposed to post about it three times a week to like share knowledge about meditation. And so it's putting me on social media more than usual. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like people who are listening, maybe they created their website, they're offering some sort of service or product and they want to get going on social media, but it's like, oh my God, like, where do we be in? Like yes. clubhouse, like came and went like a one hit wonder. <laughs> like, I don't even know if it's still, ha- but it's I like, don't know they if it's come and go and they come so hard. How do people know where to put their energy? How do you help someone decide where to put it? Um, and then I want to get into some tips for how to maximize. Sure. So you know, something for us and and me in particular, I'm kind of like you, I'm a fair weathered, same fair weathered poster, but you know, Dave is not, that's where his real strength is, is social media. And, and one of the things we looked at was said, you know, for our industry specifically, 
payments is boring. It's, you know, if I'm talking, it's kind of like a banker, right? It's an, it's an incredible business model to make a ton of money. And people who own businesses know that it's probably the largest expense and the most profitable expense you'll have. But it's boring. If you look at Stripe, if you look at Square, you look on their Instagram, their Facebook, we have more followers because we said, instead of focusing, and this is, really, this is where a lot of big companies do it the right way, they turn people and themselves into the actual brand. And then the underlying context is the business itself, right? So um, if you go to Meet the Carlins, which is our Instagram, yeah, we do a lot of work on Instagram. We do forcibly on Facebook, right? Because that's a different kind of audience, but we get a fourth of the traction. We are going very heavy on TikTok now. But, and then for me, it's very, it's I'm LinkedIn focused. So there's, and there's a way to do it though, is that for us, if you go on our Instagram, people make the mistake of always posting. They want to just post about their business, right? So for you, not necessarily your business, but for the meditation piece, mm-hmm. right? You would go on there and, and automatically someone would think I should just put tips, three tips on how to meditate or three tips. Instead, I would take, I would take it reversed and just be like, this is why I'm so afraid to post putting myself out here. This is why I'm taking the program. I would share videos. I would share videos of other people doing it and make it less about me and more about how it's going to help the person that's looking at the content, right? That's something like, I'll give you an example. One, um, I work with this one, a hairdresser, right? She was a, a hairdresser. And um, she said to me, I said, she's like, yeah, I just don't understand, you know, why I can't at this time, my hair is brown now, but it was very, very blonde. And I said to her, I go, you're so good at blondes. Like, why don't you make yourself a blonde expert? You know, make your son. She's like, well, but I do all colors. I go, but if I look on every person you do on Instagram, it's blonde. And she goes, okay. And so we started going through her Instagram and I see her, you know, drunk on a floor. She was 23 or you know, 24 years old. She's drunk on a floor She's in Vegas, popping by, she's doing all these crazy. And then all of a sudden, beautiful photos of blonde hair, like beautiful <laughs> photos, you know? So I said, what you really need to do is you need to change all your hashtags. You are the, and at this time we were in North Carolina. So it needs to be, your hashtag needs to be NC blonde expert, blonde hair expert. I made her change all her hashtags, made her change her, her main thing. I said, you need to take all these photos off. You have to show techniques about how to dye hair blonde. You need to show celebrities with the best blonde hair and how do you achieve such looks? I said, it has to be about that. This, she literally became so booked up when she changed how she was posting and what she was posting because now everyone was looking for blonde experts. She became, I make, whatever I'm doing, I make myself the expert in it. So if you go on um, when CBD came out, you know, what, two years ago, same as Clubhouse, right? CBD came on like, you know, all of a sudden out of nowhere. Well, I wanted to be the person providing merchant accounts for CBD people. So I went out, bought myself a shirt. And I think it it might still be in my LinkedIn. It says, now I know my CBDs. It's literally, I took a picture of myself, put that as my main profile, changed my headline to say CBD, CBD merchant account expert. And I started posting all advice about CBD, how Mm -hmm. CBD benefits you and all this stuff. I got more merchant accounts than any other person in our industry. I became known and there was like post the CBD queen payments oh queen. God. So there's, there's a strategy to do it. You just have to get comfortable and, and I'm not the person and it's okay to be that. I'm not the person that's going to, you're going to see me going, Hey, it's Patricia, you know, look at me, you know, doing TikTok. It's yeah. not, I'm very, very true to myself because I think that just like in business, you could sniff out when someone's not who they really are. You'll never yeah. see a video of me being not who I am. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. That's one of the biggest compliments I feel like I've ever gotten in my life is my friend from high school met my business friends, you know, a decade later, and she came to my birthday party. It was kind of an intimidating scene because one of them has, you know, a 20,000 square foot house in the Hollywood Hills. She hosted my birthday and it's just, you know, obviously not very low key. Right. Um, and a friend from high school shows up and I'm being crazy me at this thing. And she's like, you know, Ash, you know, I, I who I see you as when you were 12 is who you are in your 30s as a businesswoman. Like you're the same girl. And it means so much to me. Obviously, I know I'm growing all the time. Um, but I would even invite anyone listening, like to check yourself. Like, yes, you need to have a professional self in your work and a personal self where like maybe you have different boundaries based on different situations. But do you feel like you're being real? And if you're not, why? What are you believing that's keeping you from being you? Um, and who are you? Maybe you don't know. Maybe um, maybe you haven't, but th- but that's okay. Like, yeah. I think, and that is to me, if you get a compliment like that, and maybe we're uh, kindred twins yeah. or something, but th- I think that people say the same exact thing. They're like, you are literally, I just went to a wedding in Nashville and it was with my childhood friends, you know? And they're like, oh, it's so funny, Pat. We're, they're, they're like, we see you. And, and so one of the big jokes was that they they go, should we call you Patricia now? Or, and I, as a joke, cause you know, when I was a kid, it was Patty. So I'm like, and I'm like, I really am. And I'm the same nerd. I always was, I, you know, I'm just older now, but, and it was yeah. like, they go, you're literally, and that they said the same thing. They're like, everything you post, even though you're fancier and you have bigger houses, they go, you're literally the same person you were when we were 11 and 12 and the same exact thing. And I was like, that is the greatest feeling. compliment. Yeah. Great. Like I get goosebumps from it. Yeah. When you said it, I got, cause I'm like, I'm so happy that I, you change and evolve as a person, which you're, we're all supposed to evolve, Yeah. but your core is you're, you're at the end of the day. If you think about it, you really are still that 11 or 12 year old, no matter what you are in terms of your personality. And if you can keep that and be authentic, it's going to come through in business and in everything you do. Yeah. It's, it's such a good feeling. I think part of the reason there's goosebumps, which I had too, is like, you see people who sell out. We can feel it. And when you see it, it is such a bad feeling to be around. It's so unpleasant that it's like, oh, thank God I've kept me intact here because you just, it's such a wonderful thing to get paid to be you, to, you know, like participate in this material world and be seen and validated in that sort of a way where you're met by the world. So Kind of going back to your, I love what you said about niching in social media. I don't do hashtags because I'm like the laziest Instagrammer. Like if anyone ever sees me do an Instagram course, call me out because I'm not qualified. <laughs> but point being, like I don't even have a hashtag, you know, because and I think it's because I identify as many things. And I think that's a phenomenon that a lot of people have right now. So you know, people call me a career coach, which I resonate with the least, but it's the most like um, common term that the world uses. So I kind of meet the world where it is and say it. Um, what's your feedback for people who are kind of in what that term was coined a slash career? Like I'm a podcast right. host slash a bestselling author slash a coach slash slash slash. How do we pick a lane? Did you know that around the age of 25, your collagen production begins to slow down? 
While collagen is linked to youthful skin and that vibrant glow we all want to maintain, it's also a vital component of your overall health. Collagen helps your bones, your joints, and your muscles function and remain strong and mobile. With so many supplements out there, I wanted to share the best collagen I could find, and it's Isogenics Collagen Elixir. It's become a quick favorite of mine. This collagen contains hydrolyzed marine collagen, sustainably sourced from deep sea fish. Marine collagen has high absorption rates by the body, making it a great option if you're ready to really nourish your body from the inside out. I treated my mom to this collagen and I noticed her wrinkles on her face started to disappear just in four weeks. Obviously not all of them, but some of them. And it was so exciting to know that each serving is composed of five grams of marine peptides that you can enjoy anytime during the day. Simply visit ashleystahl.com collagen now to get your order. And when you sign up for a subscription to receive your collagen elixir each month, you get discounts and delivery perks. That's Ashley Stahl c-o-l-l-a-g-e-n now let's get back to this week's episode it that it's it's funny you say that because so what we had talked about before we even started is yes we have so our payments company the training company all of that stuff right it's there's a lot of different things that we do i also hit a wall with that you know i'm like because because you see it you see it online so i am you know a, a perfect example linkedin right so I want to put on there. Um, I've had, you know, large, large seven and eight figure exits from companies. You know, yeah. you want to have that. You want to have that you're a payments expert. You want to have that you're, you own a payments training platform. You also own a, we also own a CRM, you know, a sales tools. We own a teach. Like you can't have so many things on there because I think that what happens is people go, and I know I do it. When I see somebody be five or 10 different things, I'm like, Okay, that means they're what's the old saying? Um, or what's the saying? A a a jet? What is it? A master of nothing? A just a a, a, a master of oh, something and a master. I know, right? Hold on, a master. Guys, of, no. I feel like <laughs> I feel like one of those politicians that like could get a no. Yeah, I don't know. Jack of all trades, master of none. There you go, master of none. Exactly. So when I see a bunch of different things like that, I get the same opinion where I'm like, oh, that means they don't, they haven't really decided what they want to be yet. Right. So, and, and then I find myself doing the same exact thing where I'm looking online. I'm like, all right, I need to edit this. So then I'm just like payment provider on my thing. And then it's too little. So there's, so I, I really, and I know this sounds crazy to do, but I found that it's really worked well for us. We update it all the time with different whatever we update are. So on Instagram, for example, or LinkedIn, I'll update based on what I'm currently doing, whether it's focusing on um, growing our podcasting like we're doing today or growing something, then I'll change it to say, um, in or right, or I'll give you a better example. Right now we're investing in startups. So we're doing investments in startup companies and helping early founders um, get their start because we really do provide all the pieces for them. You know, we we've been through the ugly we see what business models work. So on my LinkedIn, I updated it and put um, uh, angel and startup investor, right? So for this month, that's what I'll do. And I'll focus a lot of my content on startup, different things, great startups, people who have made it. Um, the woman from, I, I just read about hers. I just posted about it. The, the, the young woman from Canva that did, um, I think she, I think she just, she's going to be IPOing, but I, she's like a four or $5 billion company now this, you know, in her twenties. Um, and so I'll, I'll actually update and switch it rather than loading up everything with everything I do. Right. Cause then all of a sudden you read people saying yogi, uh, this meditation expert, all these things. And you're like, 
what are they? You know, so I like to really put one topic on LinkedIn or one topic on Instagram and then focus that content on that and then keep on updating it. Because the reality is this, if I go on your Instagram right now, I will not, and I promise you, no one else will remember what you have there today and what you have there in uh, four weeks from now. So today you could be a career coach and you start posting everything. They're going to know you are because when I'm scrolling through it, I'm going to see you talking about your career coaching. Then if one day meditate, whatever you're doing with that, you know, doing your schooling expert, whatever it is, is if it's NLP, whatever you're doing, you put that there and you're posting things, your feed's always updated and they know you as a well-rounded entrepreneur and they can, people can pick what they want for your lane instead of you forcing it on them. I love what you're sharing because that's everything I write about. I swear if I didn't have a mom, like Patricia, I would be like recruiting you to a dog. Um, because one thing I tell a lot of job seekers on their resume is you can't lie, obviously, but you can clarify. So don't lie, clarify. So let's say that you're a manager in marketing. Well, are you also putting events together? Then put manager, comma, marketing and events. Yes. It's okay for you to brand yourself. You don't need the legal paperwork. You just want to be able to do a truth test and say, did I do this? Was I a manager of events? If the answer is yes, great. And another thing is, you know, LinkedIn's or resumes, um, these are documents or living profiles that are very much organisms that you can change over time. And I love that Patricia's reminding us all of that. So I would say, um, give yourself permission to be very uh, strategic about how you use the real estate on those things, right? So, you know, we're talking about changing your headline. I'm sure that maybe there's some bullets that you changed also in your profile. Um, So if you're applying for something with your resume and you're in corporate, it's like, be really clear on your job titles and your descriptions to line up, not just with who you've been, but who you want to be. So I love that you shared this. And that feels like such a, um, a great tactical, practical thing that people can do right now. Is there any other thing that like moves the needle quite like that on social media? Cause I'm so impressed with that tip. I wouldn't have thought of that, like changing your headline and kind of owning something so niche and specific, picking a hashtag, incredible tip. I, I literally dying to ask you like, what should I even make as a hashtag? <laughs> I'll look at your episode into the Ashley show. But yeah. So, um, yeah. Tell me a little bit more about, um, anything else that you think has really moved the needle for you. I'm sure you have so many things to pick from, but maybe one more tip before we go anywhere. Sure. So, and I know this sounds crazy, but again, it goes back to like, it goes back to social proof. I was always behind the scenes of businesses, right? So I never had to be front and center, but when we built out the training platform, there was all of a sudden a shift in the dynamic where people, the people we were, our marketing agencies are like, Hey, where are you guys on stages? Where are you guys on, um, you know, on interviews? And we're like, uh, we built multi-million dollar companies. Isn't that enough? Like, you know, and they go, no, you need to, you need to get in rooms with people. You need to do this. So one thing I will tell you is that social proof is extremely important. I didn't realize the extent of it until we got on the training side of the program. So Mm -hmm. even if it's for short term, get in rooms with people, go to events, right? So go to events where you see like a, a business, whatever division you're going in. So um, uh, for you, who's the best meditation person that you know? Who's, who's the greatest celebrity? Uh, I, for me, Sarah Blondin on the Insight Timer app. Okay. So what I would do to build, if you were going into that division or building a course out or doing whatever you're doing or wanting to be in that thing, 
I would find the next event that she's at and I would get a picture with her and post it. And I swear to you, I know it doesn't sound like it is, but when you, when you're able to show that proof that this is, this is the world you're in and the circle that you're in Mm -hmm. people, it resonates with people. It shows that you're committed to it. And so we did the same thing. We had to go and just this, even we were just at, um, we just did a a sponsor event for Tim Tebow, the Tim Tebow foundation Mm -hmm. and for human trafficking, all this stuff before we would just, you know, send somebody, send somebody from our company, say, go ahead and do this. Instead, we're like, really to make an impact, we need to show that we're actively involved. It's not just about giving money. It's about showing up, right? Mm -hmm. And showing up and doing it, showing people, like for you being a career coach, that you are actually in the trenches with other people or passionate and there with them with what you're doing. So I would say, go to these events, take for, for and this is strictly for building social media and obviously making, you'll, making connections will be natural, but mm-hmm. for social proof, getting out there and taking those photos, getting online, talking about the events that you're at has literally probably tripled, if not quadrupled our business because wow. of, because of the photos we took, like we, you know, we, we had, um, we actually held an event and had Rick Ross on our stage. We oh, had right. Bethany Hamilton and all of a sudden, you know, putting Raekwon from Wu-Tang, which was amazing. That actually gave us our biggest, you know, biggest audience. Yeah. And all, all of a sudden those pictures and those videos had, a, I mean, took us straight to the moon, catapulted our business yeah. even further. What you're sharing is so real. And it kind of comes back to our conversation around staying yourself because it can feel really cringe if you're like, get a picture with me, get a picture with me, like a yeah, little no. puppy, like a swimming pool. So I love that you said it's real connection. Like you really want to make an effort. You want to take a picture, whatever have you. Um, and I love what you're saying about social proof as far as like, I remember my first TED talk um, that I gave like, I don't know, 10 years ago or whatever have you. I was fresh out of working in counterterrorism at the Pentagon and I started career coaching and I had a lot of worthiness. I was, you know, really working through around like I'm a young millennial woman and I have just enough career experience to help anyone in their career. Like I'm so young. Um, So I just helped people with job hunting because that was what I knew that I could provide results with. I didn't help with anything else. Um, and when I got this TED talk, they really wanted to hear about the Pentagon. They're like, Ooh, it was counterterrorism, Al Qaeda, Osama bin Laden, like give us your learnings. And I pulled a total doozy on the TEDx people and talked about my new business on stage. Love Pretty it. shameless. I mean, new entrepreneur didn't really know what I was doing, but I'll never forget the person who was on stage before me was Guy Kawasaki. Um, one of the, you know, well-known investor, uh, entrepreneur, And when I went on after him, it was like, I had the, it was so funny to get that social proof because I had never spoken on a stage in my (laughs) life. And from there on out, I started booking speaking engagements and I started off free and now obviously I'm getting paid to do it, but it's like, it's so funny that, you know, social proof is kind of like such a fine line between not selling your soul, but also kind of participating in an illusion, but also making it real so that you feel sane and connecting with people. Um, Okay. So Final question, unless there's anything I haven't asked you that you want to share. No. Is, um, if you could go back in time to your younger self before you started doing all of this, what would be the most important message that you would want to give to yourself? It, it, you actually said my message was to not jockey for position. I, I, that's, that's literally, I would have, if I could, if I could take back anything from my early, early career that would have been it. I, I spent an exhausting amount of wasted time 
trying to get anybody in power to listen to me and show them how smart I was at what I did. And if I would have redirected that energy into actually growing myself and growing who I was and getting that and putting it as confidence, inward confidence to myself, I would have been and granted, I I did start very early as an entrepreneur because I I did take that leap of faith on myself. I believed in myself very, very early on. Um, but if I would have just redirected that and and focused on the right people who did have faith in me instead of trying to, and I think it, I think it goes back to what you said, you know, and I think it's part of our human nature that we want people to value us who necessarily don't have any interest in valuing us. I think that goes in relationships too. Um, we put all of our energy into those people because we're like, we know we could get them. We're a good person. We know we could get them to like us. And you do that, that transcends into work, into the workforce as well. You'll focus, you will naturally focus towards the people not showing you intention in what you're doing at your job. And I would tell myself, Patricia or Patty, whatever my kid name is, don't, don't worry about those people. You have a group over here, one or two people who actually do want to mentor you and who do see your potential, put your energy towards those people. That, that would have been my, I, it could have been a game changer a few years, even earlier. I love what you're sharing because it's actually challenging the paradigm that I think a lot of us have when we're in scarcity is like this belief that we have to force it, that we have to push it. And if you are listening and you really think that to be successful, you need to like claw your way up, know that there are plenty of people doing well, that they made their way up because they had original ideas, they worked hard. They put themselves out there and they were strategic, just like you were, Patricia, like talking about changing your headlines, giving yourself permission to be experimental, to brand yourself, to put a shingle in the ground when it's like you're a payments woman. But today you're a CBD payments woman. A CBD payments woman. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why not? Um, No one cares. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like life is a lot like dating and I'm just starting to like settle into my New York City dating life and like meet better men that are not unavailable like I used to attract myself to. Um, And it's so funny, like I think part of my growth in that was like, I do not want to be with anyone that I need to push to be with me. And it's it's, it's the best way to look at it, I think in love, in business, all of it. Um, Thank you so much for coming here and sharing all of this wisdom. I really enjoy talking to you. Is there anywhere that you recommend people go? And what is your favorite book for us all to read? Oh, I do have a favorite book. So it's called, you can get it on Amazon. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? Okay. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah. Okay. It is, it's, it is to me, um, it happens every single day and it's what, it's what gets businesses to stay stagnant. You there are so many people, the majority of people go to the same feeding ground all the time. They say, if it worked before, it should work today. If it worked yesterday, it should work today. That's not life. And the problem is when you're not evolving as a person and you're not evolving and trying to change and staying up to date on everything, you're going to get left behind. And there are 10, 15, 20 other people that are sitting right behind you waiting to take your spot. Um, you have to be resilient and you have to be able to move. So who moved my cheese? That is forever. Um, you know, and also my mom gave me this book when I was a, a teenager, it's, uh, how to swim with the sharks without getting eaten alive. I think for young, young people in business Great forward title. <laughs> yeah. For, for young people in business, I say it was one of the greatest books I've ever read. So my mom gave it to me. I think I was 14 or 15. Um, yeah. Swim with the sharks without getting eaten alive. Who moved my cheese? Um, and then people could see us at meet the Carlins on Instagram. Um, Patricia B. Carlin, I think I'm on LinkedIn. 
and then residual or residual payments is the name of our company. Thank you so much for being here. It was such a pleasure. Yeah, it was wonderful meeting you and I hope everybody in your audience enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning into the U-Turn podcast. And thank you again so much for our sponsors. We are here because of you and to our listeners. Thank you for checking out our sponsors. We always pick people and brands that we trust and we believe in. And just for listening to the show, writing your reviews on the Apple app, and just being willing to make your own U-Turns. We'll see you next week. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.